Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Bible said we're supposed to judge prophets that are false prophets. That was a false prophet on our video screen. How did that happen, anyway? (laughs) Ah, well, good morning. (laughs) Hey, before I jump into this, wanted to make an announcement that I made last week, and that's just to let you know that our uh, we changed our format with our online presentation. Uh, during COVID, we switched to an online campus format, and we feel like that just ran its course. It was actually being a little counterproductive. So um, there are those watching us right now live, and when this experience is over, you can continue to watch the experience live. You don't have to wait till 6 o'clock tonight. Um, it's also back on YouTube, and so we felt like it ran its course of how we needed to do it, and now it's, 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 it's going to be back live um, uh, as soon as the service is over. So you don't have to wait till 6 o'clock again tonight to watch us again, and that was um, just to, to transition through some things there. So I made that announcement last week, just wanted you to know that you can still access us on YouTube, and you can access us on LifePoint Central. Um, dot com. We just we were having also a little bit of um, technical difficulties with the streaming service that we were using, and so we just wanted to make that less complicated. So just letting you know that um, for those of you who uh, at, at times watch us uh, from the live stream. And so we are in, I, I believe it's week three of a series that we're just calling My Functional Family. And I think we're going to wrap this up next week and move on to um, some other things. But when I was worshiping there, I, I felt like the Lord gave me, uh, wanted me to say this to you this, this morning, that the things I'm going to say to you today, I want to open up the Word of God and, and um, give you some revelation. As we do that, though, I want, I want you to be able to receive this this morning. You know, sometimes the Word corrects us and directs us, and sometimes we have a tendency to teach the Word or even receive the Word in such a way that oh, I'm not doing good enough. And, you know, that's really, if you feel that way, you're being taught in a religious um, manner or, or fashion. So I want to say it to you this week. I'm going to say some things, and I don't want you to take it as, oh, I'm not doing that, and oh, I'm not doing that, and oh, I need to fix that. I want you to take it as, and thank you for sharing that. That enables me to be who I'm supposed to be <clears throat> and do things of how I'm supposed to do it. Does that make sense? Okay, well, let's, let's, uh, let, let's jump into things this morning. My functional family, we define the word function This way, functional has to do with the way something operates. It's a special activity that contributes to the development of a larger whole. So if something is functional, it works right. It makes things operate. Dysfunctional means something is abnormal or it is impaired in its functioning. And so if I I took a poll that we did in week one, um, many of you would say that, man, I really probably grew up in a dysfunctional family or a dysfunctional home, and you would have your reasons for that. And so we have a screen I've been putting up each week, how to tell the difference between a functional and a dysfunctional family, and I'm not actually going to go through any of that. If you haven't had a chance yet, just, just take your phone and take a snapshot of that, and the, the, all, the words on the left are a functional family, the words on the right are a dysfunctional family. Uh, family. So I'm not going to take time to do that, but I will say this, that uh, people are often dysfunctional, but God's not. Amen? 
and function is never an accident. So we find from Scripture that there are some things that you and I need to learn to be functional dads, moms, husbands, wives, whatever our family unit might look like. And so in week one, I did a message. We talked about this principle of pursuing. And functional families, they pursue properly. They pursue God as highest priority. They pursue God with their passion. If you were here last weekend, we did a message on how to honor accurately, that we're missing honor from our families. And if we honor upward, we honor with what? Obedience. It comes back as favor. If we honor outward, we esteem, and it comes back as affection. If we honor downward, we nurture, and it comes back as influence. And so I would encourage you to go online and watch those if you haven't. Now, something I've been showing you each week, because there are many different people that have different family models here, right? And so I'm going to put a couple slides up on the screen, and your family model might be me and you, which means a husband and wife, or it might be a me, you, a husband and wife with children, or your family model might look like this. It's me as a single parent with children, or maybe right now it's just you. But the proper image I want you to get is as long as God is at the top of that pyramid and you are pursuing him with all of your heart, your passion, your purpose, and as long as you're continuing to honor upward and honor him accurately, your family, whatever your family dynamic looks like right now, it will be a functioning family. The reason why I picked this uh, title for the series is because we hear so many times I'm from a dysfunctional family or what a dysfunctional family looks like. So I wanted to show you over these weeks what a functioning family looks like. Now, so here, here's my title for the next few moments is Functional Families Function Responsibly. I know, real exciting title, right? That's the best I could do. Functional Families Function Responsibly. In other words, there are some responsibilities we have if we're going to function Responsible. Now, I will tell you that one of the biggest tragedies in the world we live in, the society we're in, the culture that we live in, the country that we're in, the community that we live in, is that we, we're just not doing really well um, with family life. We're just not doing real well. The breakdown in family will eventually affect the breakdown in government, the breakdown in, in education, the breakdown in culture. And so I believe that the Word of God has a solution and an answer and a teaching for everything. <clears throat> I don't remember growing up in church hearing a lot about how to have a functional family. So I am arming you guys. So I anticipate we're going to have some functioning families. Look at somebody and say, let's go. Y'all seem quiet this morning. I know what it was. Is that It was that um, false prophecy that we saw <laughs> on video. <clears throat> Since I have the last word this morning, I'm just going to say this. Um, you can have your T-shirt. I got six trophies. <laughs> we'll take your T-shirt and shine those up. All right, here we go. <laughs> so how many of you ever noticed there are some differences between men and women? Um, I believe there are some funny differences between men and women. And so I thought I would share a few of those with you. Uh, just some differences that uh, I noticed with men and, and, and women. Um, first of all, how many know men and women look at money differently? For example, a man will pay $2 for a $1 item that he needs. A woman will pay $1 for a $2 item that she doesn't need, but it's on sale. 
um, men and women view arguments differently. A woman has the last word in any argument. Anything a man says after that is actually the beginning of a new argument. <laughs> men and women look at the future differently. A woman worries about the future until she gets a husband. A man never worries about the future until he gets a wife. <laughs> men and women look at success differently. A successful man is one who makes more money than his wife can spend. A successful woman is one who can find such a man. <laughs> men and women look at marriage differently. A woman marries a man expecting he will change, but he doesn't. A man marries a woman expecting that she won't change, but she does. I, I got a bonus one for you, too. Um, we look at going out differently, leaving the house differently. Uh, when a man says he's ready to go, means he's ready to go. When a woman says she's ready to go, it means she'll be ready to go as soon as she finds her earring, puts her lipstick on, carries the laundry downstairs, straightens up the furniture, sweeps before she goes out the door, and then finishes her makeup. There's a difference between when we're ready. I'm going to say, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. <laughs> so there are some funny differences, but there are some functional differences between men and women. What I want to do is go back to the book of Genesis, read you a couple foundational scriptures, and I want to enable you this morning with an understanding of how God made you to function differently. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is a, a real teaching morning, so if you're taking notes, take some good notes this morning. So in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us, we see the Trinity speaking here, let us make man in our image, and we'll make him according to our likeness, and then let him have dominion or authority over the fish, over the birds, over the cattle, over all the earth, and everything that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his image, in the image of God, he created him, and he made them male and female and God blessed them everyone say blessed the word blessed here means that God imparted something on creation it really means that they were imparted with the ability to succeed they were imparted with the power to prosper it's literally what that word meant so God made them and then he put a blessing on them he put a blessing on you he put a blessing on me the same blessing from Genesis is the same blessing on us today it's a blessing empowering us to prosper. Look at someone and say, that's good right there. So God made man in his image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. And then God blessed him, and God said, be fruitful, multiply or increase, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. Everyone say dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over everything that moves on the earth. So God said, let us make man. In our image, he made man in his image. He put a blessing on man, and he gave man the dominion or the functioning ability or the authority to rule, to reign, to multiply, to increase, and, and to expand that garden across the planet. Now, let's jump to chapter 2. And so God says this about man. Now, I want you to picture this. This uh, was before sin entered. And Adam would walk with God with unbroken fellowship on a regular basis, but God still knew something about Adam. And God said, it's not good that man would be alone. 
I'm going to make a helper. Everyone say a helper. So God says, even though I'm walking with him, unbroken fellowship, he needs a helper. How many know, ladies, men need help? It's right here in the Bible. So God said, I'm going to make a helper or a perfect partner, the Bible says. So out of the ground, the Lord God formed all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air, and he brought all of them to Adam to see what he would call them. Whatever Adam called the living creatures, that was his name. So Adam gave names to the cattle, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field. But for Adam, there was no helper that was comparable to him. So God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. Ladies, you wonder why your husband takes naps, why he's so, my wife, she's like, I just can't sleep. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't fall asleep. She's like, you could sleep anywhere. I said, it's biblical. It's, it's right here. It's, it's part of our dominion. It's my authority. It's in the Bible. It's right here, right? So God caused this sleep to fall on Adam, and Adam slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh, and then the rib which the Lord took from Adam, he made a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, or of my essence. She will be called woman because she was taken out of man. And so we read this scripture because we find from the very beginning that God had an intention. And from the beginning, God wanted a family. And God started in the book of Genesis, and he made a family. And from the very beginning, God created Adam. He drew Adam out of his own essence. And he drew him out of his own likeness. <clears throat> and he took Adam and he gave him an assignment. He gave him a, uh, a, 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 a purpose in the garden. He said, multiply, grow, increase. He gave him animals. He said, name them. So he gave Adam from the very beginning this thing called function and purpose. And then God realized that Adam needed help. So God drew Eve out of Adam's essence. God made man from his essence, but he drew Eve out of the essence of the man that he created, and he gave them all this thing called dominion or function. God made you and me to function, not to be dysfunctional, but to be functional. And some of us have become dysfunctionally functional because we have not known our function. So what I would like to do for just a moment here is I want to talk to the guys first, and then I'll get to the ladies, but there are some things I see in Scripture that are foundational functions or dominion functions of a man. And if you're not doing great at these, it's not to point a finger, it's to give you revelation so you can grow into these things, it's to enable you. I want to set you free to be who God created you to be from the very garden. There are six, I used to give you three um, life points, but today I'm going to give you six, guys. There are six foundational dominion um, points or dominion um, functions that God made you with. Are you ready? Number one, men are creators. And all the guys said, create. Not the ladies, I'm talking to the men. That was the wimpiest. So men are all supposed to what? God made us to be creators. The Bible said from the very beginning, God made you and me out of his essence. How many know God is the creator? We're made in the image of God. So when we see words like create, what that means in, in, in biblical language is God made men to begat and to bring forth. We're to bring forth things. We're to begat things. From one man came all of history. 
from Adam, from one man, God putting the ability in him to create. Now, ladies, that doesn't mean that you can't be creative, but there is something built into men that we're to create. I want to tell you that you, there are very natural things you're meant to create. Some of you are really good with woodworking and mechanical things uh, and ideas and things of that nature, but I do believe this, that God also created man to create and bring the kingdom of God into fruition on the earth. We're to bring forth things. When God wants to do something in the earth, what does he want to do? He wants to bring forth some things. Hello, he needs some men of God willing to let God bring forth some good things because there was a time in the garden where man brought forth some evil things and still is doing so on this earth. But I want all of you guys to hear me. One of the functions that God created in you from the very beginning is that you would be creative. Now, the enemy wants to do the opposite of all the good that God wants to do. Which means that's why he comes at you to intimidate you, make you feel inadequate, make you feel like you can't. When all, all along from the beginning, God is a can-do God, and he made you with a can-do anointing. So we look at problems before us, but guess what? God put you guys here to be what? Solution makers. To give you creative ideas. There's a creative anointing on your life to fix things, to have solutions, to correct things. I'm looking at something, yeah, I don't know about that. No, this is, we find this in scripture. There, there, there is a creative ability on you guys. So what I want you guys to do is just step into what you were created to do. And so the first thing we see is that men were being made to be creators. Number two, you ready? Men were created to be leaders. Everybody say lead. lead. Guys, we got to do better than that. I need your deepest, oh, I'm a leader. I need that. Ready? Men are made to what? Lead. I, and I would propose to you that one of the challenges we see today that, that the earth needs. I, I, I heard this the other day. It was one of the best things that, that, that I heard. They were talking about everything going on in our country right now. And they said, this is what we need. The country right now needs what they do not have in D.C. And that's leadership. And so leadership needs to rise from where? From, from, from our communities? Not so much as it needs to, first of all, rise up out of the church. And I look around this, this, this room this morning, and there, there's some good men here. God called you to lead. The problem is that's been against you from the time that you were born to, to, to suppress your leadership, to suppress that anointing that's on your life. So from the very beginning, men were what? The Bible says they were created to be the head. Now, ladies, that doesn't mean that, and I'll talk about this next week, that doesn't mean they, they dominate you. We'll talk about that next week, but just stick with me. What, think about the head. What does the head do? There's wisdom in the head. There are ears in the head. Guys, we're not very good at listening sometimes, apparently, to what my wife tells me. So some skills we need to work at, but we have a voice. That's what the enemy wants to do is to silence your voice of leadership. Godly men, are y'all with me? Are you all with me? These are functional dominion traits that God made us with is to be creators, to be leaders. Number three, and this is good, men are made to be sustainers. Now, if we are made to be creators, we are also made to be what? Sustainers. That means we're to nurture things. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, the word that we see for, for the word father is the word uphold. We're to be upholders, to cultivate, to grow, to encourage. Let me just put it this way. Real dads aren't just creators, they are sustainers. 
We have a lot of deadbeat dads today that, that, um, that created their children, but they don't sustain them very well. They, they made them, but they've not been there for them. They uh, were there to bring them into this world, but they're not there to help them through this world. And I want you to know, here, here's how God is, is such a good example, because we're made in the image of God. How many know God does a good job of upholding us and sustaining us? Here's how God sustains us. Are you ready for this? With his goodness. Dads, men, we are to be sustainers, and the best way we can sustain is by what? Goodness. Being good dads, being real men. Are y'all getting this so far? So, so I didn't want you to hear this today and be like, I don't, uh, no one ever told me that. I'm not doing good at that. I want you to hear this. From the beginning, men, we're to be creators. We're to be leaders. We're to be sustainers. Unfortunately, these are things that are attacked in our society. These are things that are attacked in our houses, in our homes. So I'm just calling us back to the basics. Number four, men are assigned in the Bible to be trainers. The Bible said that, that men are to teach their wives and they're to teach their children. And so we can look at this and say that God has put something on us to give, to train. And you might think, yeah, because that doesn't mean, ladies, that you can't teach and you can't train. But guys, we have this thing on us that we're supposed to be the leaders of our homes and to train our families. And a lot of men, I, I hear this from you, I just, I, don't, well, I just don't know the Bible as good as my wife does. Or I just, I can't do that. I don't know what that scripture means. Well, then I want to give you this challenge, then find out what that scripture means. Then find out what that teaching is. Take my notes from Sunday morning. Work it out in your family. We're to be the trainers of our house, the leaders of our house, the leaders of our homes. Are you all with me? And I just want to say this before you start thinking, oh, man, I'm not good at that. You can do this. Here's, why, here's how I know you can do this. God created it in you from the beginning. This is why you can do this. You, you can, God actually not only gave, it would be wrong of God to give you an assignment without the anointing or the assignment without the ability. It would be wrong for God to give you a purpose without the power. It would be wrong of God to say, this is what I need you to do without equipping us and arming us and authorizing us to do it. So God said, I created you in my image so the characteristics of God are in us. Right? We have that in us. Then God said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bless you and empower you, and then I'm going, to, I, I, I'm going to give you the authority that goes along with it with the dominion. So what I'm saying this morning, guys, we need to rise up in some of these things. Are you all with me? I got two more for the guys, and we'll pick on the ladies. Fifth thing is men are commanded to be providers. Providers. We're to anticipate, see the need, fulfill the need. We're to foresee what needs to be done and be the givers. So we are, we are providers. I think that speaks for itself. Here's the last one, number six. Ready? That you're to be protectors. Now listen to this list. This is what God put in you. You're a creator. You're a leader. You are a sustainer. You're a trainer. You're a provider. And you are a protector. I would look at you and I would say this. Men, you and I are God's security guards. You say, what are, we, what are we to guard? Well, you're to guard your family. You're to guard your kids. You're, you are to guard the word of God. You are to guard the word of God in your heart, in your family, in your church. You're to guard the word of God in our culture, in our society. Guess what God needs? He needs some security guards. Whether you know this or not right now, there are, there, we have a protection team here at our church. 
Now, we don't put them in uniform and they walk around because we want them just to fit in, but they're watching. They're watching to see what's going on in the kids' wing. So no one can just walk into the kids' wing. They're watching who comes and goes. And there are times we give them names. Watch this person. You say, have I ever been on that list? Well, have you ever done something weird? You're on our list. <laughs> Why are they here? To protect you. You say, well, Pastor, don't you trust God? I do trust God. I just don't always trust man. So we need to have that around here, right? And you don't have to know who they are, but they, they're, they're here. So um, if you get crazy, they're going to tackle you. Now, I'm being a little silly, but that, that, that's, that's, that's honesty. We do have that. But what about the word of God? What we need right now is men and women, especially men, to take the first step and be leaders and protect the word of God in our culture. Protect the fact that the word, protect the, the unborn in our culture. Protect the sanctity of marriage in our culture. Protect free speech in our country. Protect the rights that we have. And men, you need to be the leaders in those areas. It's something God put in you. It's something God put in me. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you today is not to say, boy, you haven't done a good job of this. It's to say, this was created in you. God put this in you from the very beginning. When he made a family, he made man out of his essence, and he put these things in you, and they came as, as characteristics. They came as abilities, and then God said, I'm going to bless you with that power, and I'm going to authorize you with that uh, dominion. Guys, you can do this. You can be the leaders. You can be the sustainers. And it doesn't matter if your dad wasn't. Now hear me on this. He, if he wasn't, doesn't mean you can't be. He may have human failure that he couldn't or didn't know, but you have a heavenly father that you were designed. It, you, just like you have your, um, how, how many have ever noticed in your life that you... Uh, you know, when you're growing up, you watch your parents like, oh, they're crazy, right? But then you get older, you start doing the same thing they do. You talk the same way, you sit the same way, you just do these things, right? Those are natural attributes that you just got, you inherited them. But I want you to know that you also have, just as much as you have some natural things that you inherited, and you may like them or you may not like them, you have some spiritual, heavenly, supernatural things that you inherited from God himself. There's a creative spirit in you. There is the mind of Christ in you. Come on, somebody. Those things are in you. There's the fruit from his spirit inside of you. There are characteristics and attributes of God in you, and they're there just as much as the natural ones are. So I want you to take something out of your vocabulary, God, guys. Take can't out of your vocabulary. God didn't put that in you. He put the can-do, dominion, anointing, authority, and blessing on you. You can lead. You can sustain. You can train your family. Guess what? You can provide. Guess what? You can protect. You can. Why? God put the blessing on you to do it. You just need to man up. Man up and just be who God created you to be, right? Those are foundational principles and foundational attributes that God put in you, foundational functions. So I called this, this title today, Functioning Responsibly, because I want to challenge you to start functioning responsibly in the functions God created you to have. Y'all are quiet. You're just listening really good, right? Okay, ladies, are you ready for yours? Guys, you have six. They have three. These three foundational functions of women, and these, 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 are, these are, 
are really good. Guys, you're going to hear these and be like, yeah, I see that. <laughs> Number one, women are fashioned to be enhancers. Women enhance everything. Now, guys, just, just think for a moment. Don't they enhance everything? I mean, they don't have to be Martha Stewart, but they still have this, once again, this thing that God, God drew Eve out of Adam because why? He looked at Adam and he said, all right, I created Adam out of our likeness, out of our image. And he, God knew, he, he said, I put a blessing on him and I prospered and he named all these animals and, and, and I gave him dominion to multiply and increase and there's no sin on the planet and God's walking with him all day, but God is, God, I mean, no, God is all-knowing. And God not only knows yesterday and right now, but he also knows into the future. He knows it all at the same time. And God in his wealth of wisdom said, this dude needs some help. He gave him an assignment, but he knew he needs a lot. He needs some help. So God made Eve, and one of the traits that women have is the ability to enhance. Let me tell you what the word enhance means. Women have the ability, the ability to upgrade things. Enlarge things, amplify things, elevate things, and increase things. And God said, I'm going to give Eve to Adam to be his assistant, to be his helper, to be his um, enhancer. Women, when they touch things, they enhance things. So ladies, don't be sitting here and be like, I, I'm no, I, don't, I don't do good at that. I want you to sit here and say, I was created with this supernatural ability to enhance things. It's just when I touch it, it gets enhanced. See, the reason why some things you don't see happen because you didn't know that you were anointed to do that. No one ever told you. You're authorized to enhance things. When you walk in work tomorrow, ladies, you're there to enhance. You don't have to announce it. You know, be like, I'm here. I'm going to enhance this office. You don't have to be like that. But you just walk in knowing that you're there. That company's better because they gave you that little desk over in the corner and they put you around those people that you don't like, but you're there to enhance things. Your husband's mission and assignment and career path, guess what? You're there to enhance things. Ladies, just let me help you out and say, if it was me and you here today, or, or guys, if it was just me and you here today, we would need something. We, we, would, we, would, we would mess this service up somehow. We need the ladies to be here to enhance. We might get you parked in the right spot, but you would walk in the door, we'd just grunt at you. So. You'd walk in here, no one would sit around each other, none of you would talk, you might chest, you know, chest bump a few people. We'd sing songs, none of us would sing in key at all. There would be nothing to enhance the worship, we'd grunt a little bit. I'd come up here and throw out some words and we'd do some chest bumps and we'd go home and our wives would be like, what'd you learn? Well, I don't know. <laughs> we need you, enhance us. All the ladies should be like, God help us, you guys need some help this morning. All right, here's the second functional attribute that God made women to have and is that women are not only enhancers but women are built to be reflectors women are built to be reflectors here's what I mean by that the word reflect we could say it this way you echo you reproduce you emulate or you mirror the love that you get the glory of God, the image of God, it's reflected from your life. They say if you want to see what a husband is really like, all you have to do is look at his wife because she reflects how she's treated. 
She reflects how she's been nurtured. She reflects. So if you find a lady who's very discouraged or very depressed sometimes, you'll find that they're just reflecting the things that have um, been coming at them. But women have this amazing way, especially to reflect the glory of God. The glory of God. Guys, how many would agree with me with this, that when you worship, it's awesome, but when they worship, it's like a whole different level. Why? Because they're really reflecting. Just like Eve reflected the glory of Adam, let's really reflect the glory of God. Got one more for you. Ready for this one? So women are fashioned to be enhancers. They're built to be reflectors. And listen to this. They are destined to be incubators. Yeah, I didn't think you, you didn't think you'd hear that word today. Incubate in church. Um, women have this ability to take things in incubate those things, conceive them, travail with them, and to deliver something. Because they have something we don't have, guys. They, they have a womb. So women have the ability, the functional dominion from God to take things in that God wants to have happen, incubate it, and to bring it forth. Actually, the word Eve means, it means to have a womb and be a life giver. To be a life giver. Now, I, I'm sure if we polled the husbands here, you, you would be able to say, my wife enhances the, the family. She enhances, she, she births these things. Let, let me give you a good example of how this works. I wrote a, a few of these down. So if you give, um, not to be too, too crude, but if you give a, a, a woman sperm, she's able to give you what? A baby. If you give a woman a house, she gives you a home. Give a woman some groceries, she gives you what? A meal. You give her money, you never see it again. No, I'm just kidding. You give her. I'm joking. Just want to see if you're still paying attention. Give her money, she gives you a bargain. Guys, did you know what a bargain bargain shopping was before you went with, with your wife? No, you went in there, I'll take that. It's $400. Well, I, I need it. You can get it down the street for 300 I'm not going down the street. Got places to be. <laughs> TV shows to watch, right? But, but they find these bargains, right? I, I wrote this down. Give her, a, a, give her your smile. She gives you her heart. And you could probably finish this last one for me. If you give her heck, she's going to give you. <laughs> Why? Because she has the ability to incubate and birth things. I want to close reading you a scripture. Did y'all get something out of all that today? There are some. There are some. You know, when you find out that something could be functioning on a much better level than it is functioning on, all it takes is a few adjustments. Something starts with revelation. You get revelation on something, you realize, oh, I was made for better. I was made for that. I was created for that. I was created for so much more. I was created for more than that. I was made for so much more than that. And that's what I want you to get out of this. There are some things God put in you, no matter what culture, people, and failure has told you, go back to the original design. You know, if you get a, a gift in comes to your house and it's, it's, or you buy it and you bring it home and it's some type of tech gadget 
it comes with a manual, whether that's online or whether that's in the box, and it tells you how that's supposed to function. So you need to use it the right way. That's what the Word of God is. It tells us how we were made to function. And if we're not functioning in it, we go back to the original design and say, God, help me function in this. Show me how to function in this. I, I just want to close with, with, with these few verses here as I read them. And this is from 1 Peter. And it says, wives, be submissive to your husbands, that even if some don't obey the word, they without a word will be won over by the conduct of their wives. What that is saying is, wives, the character in your life, the conduct in your life, the fruit of your life will win over even a husband that's a non-believer. Or maybe he's just got some shortcomings. What's going to win him over? You being the person God designed you to be. Verse 2 goes on and says, when they observe your, your conduct accompanied by fear, they'll be won over. And I like verse 3, it says, do not adorn, don't let your adornment be just merely outward with arranging of the hair, wearing of the gold, or even putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. In this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves. They were submissive <clears throat> as Sarah was obedient, even to Abraham, called him Lord. I tell Diane to call me Lord all the time. It hasn't happened yet. But <clears throat> he says, you're her daughters, and if you do good, you're not afraid of any terror. And let me say this about this verse, because there have been some denominations who have taken this verse and, and botched it. It doesn't have anything to do with wearing long dresses and fixing your hair. What it means is, ladies, the amount of energy and effort that you put into the outside, put that to the inside, just as much energy. Um, I live with, with three women, my wife and my two daughters. There's a lot of energy that goes into all that. My wife says all the time, she goes, this is not fair. You can be ready in 15 minutes. And we appreciate the effort you put into all of that. A, a man would be lying to you if he told you, don't worry about it, don't do all that. No, we, we like that, we appreciate that. But what the Bible's saying is the effort that you put in, my wife has all this stuff, lipsticks, makeups, makeups, makeup, um, eyebrow things, Mascaras, blush, rouge. <laughs> I've been watching. <laughs> Anytime we go to the store, she's like, you always act like you don't want to be here. I said, I don't mind being there. Like when we first got there, it's just like they stay in that one aisle with all the makeup for weeks. goes through all that stuff. It's a production. My, and they, they do a great job. My, my, my oldest daughter is, uh, she's, she has her salon and she's real good at all that stuff and cuts hair and makeup and it, it, so that's awesome. The challenge to all this is as much as you put in to all of that, keep doing that. We like it. But put the same effort into the spirit inside you. The heart of God that's inside of you. Verse 7. And husbands, likewise, Dwell with understanding. Give honor to your wife. She's the weaker vessel, but your heirs together of the grace of God that your prayers won't be hindered. Let me explain that scripture to you. 
It says, dwell with them with understanding. It literally says this, get to know their moods. I'm convinced this is an ongoing life project that we have. Just when I get it figured out, she flips it on me. But what it means is to dwell with them. This is literally what it means, listen with your heart. And he says, we need to listen, get to know our wives, give them honor. It calls them the weaker vessel, but it just literally means that they are weaker physically. That's all. It doesn't mean they're weaker spiritually or emotionally or anything like that. But it says you're heirs together. And it goes on and it says you're heirs of the grace of God, which means you are the receivers of the grace of God. So how we do family depends on how well grace works in our life. How well we do marriage, how well we pursue that pyramid really determines how well grace works in our life. And it actually says this, that your prayers won't be hindered. And literally what that scripture means is if we don't do this right, it's a picture of uh, runners running in a race. And if we don't do this right, you know, as runners are running, someone could elbow them out of their position. We could get elbowed out of the race. We could get elbowed out of our position without grace. And we need to function in these things so grace leads our lives. Can we all stand this morning? Did y'all get something good out of that? So, so what I'd like to do for a moment before we close, we're going to close with a song. And I want to challenge you with all of this, especially men. I think one of the biggest things that culture tries to do to you and your failures try to do to you is they try to paralyze you about your failures and your inadequacies. And I want you to know that everything you need to do life like God wanted you to do, he downloaded it in you, called it blessed, and gave you the authority. So I want to challenge you. You say, how do I walk in these things? Well, first thing we do is say, God, I'm sorry, I haven't been walking in them. And say, God, enable me to walk in them. Enable me to walk in them. Don't go home and just change everything today and like, it's all now, honey. We're going to do it my way. That is not what I preached this morning. I'll tell you how wrong that is next week. But it's to walk in your house and maybe say, I need to lead better. God, help me. I know what's in here. It, the, the, the Spirit of God just needs to bring it out, just needs to pull it out of you. You got it in you. Look around. There's a bunch of men in here. You got it in you. If you're 14 years old, you're 84 years old, it's in you. God supernaturally put his design in you. You inherited it from him. You can do it. You can be a better dad, husband. You can be a better man. And we need some better men in this hour, in this day. We need some men of God leading Listen, when it's time to show up for worship, guys, we need to lead the way. When it's time to show up for a group or show up for prayer or whatever it means, guys, don't go to your wife and say, well, you think we ought to go tonight? Go and say, we're taking our household to, go to church tonight. We're getting into the house of God. We're going to keep that anointing on us and grow in that. And ladies, let, let me challenge you too. Let's get back to the heart of you being who God created you to be. If we need anything today, we need to know the presence of God is in the house. And you guys enhance that. And you're so sensitive to it. My wife is sensitive to things. She said, I just sent something. Do you see that? I was like, what? 
what, what? This is how it works. She gets sensitive about something, God shows it to her, and I go figure it out. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's what God wants to do in our lives. So I want to call us all back with this song. It's an old school song. Let's just get back to Jesus being at the center of it all. Now, I want to call you to get back to Jesus being at the center of your marriage, with your kids, with your careers. Let's get back to Jesus being at the center of it all in our culture, in our churches. Let him just be in the middle of it all. Let everything out there, let it rage, let it swell, and let it go on. But we're, we're standing firm with Jesus at the center of everything. Let's make that a recommitment this morning.